0: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Just to cheer us all up, it's been a long week. I don't know how you felt. Let's have a little look at this this comedy. This is a great comedy skit. Just brace yourself. I think the actor playing the minister is a bit hammy. I just think it's a bit over the top. I think maybe if she toned it down, it'd be more realistic. It's just heavy handed satire. Let's have a look.
1: Have you spoken to the prime minister recently in the last 24 hours?
2: Why? Why are you asking me that question? I'd like to know. Um, aren't, we've, we've communicated. Is this...
1: I'm, not, I'm really confused. Is that a difficult question? I'm just asking if you've spoken to the Prime Minister in the last 24 hours.
2: We have communicated.
1: OK. What has he communicated to you?
2: Well, that's, that's... I'm not going to tell you the extent of my communications with the Prime Minister. I mean, I've answered your question. We have communicated. What is your next question? What's his mood? I'd say his mood was um, very very uh positive extremely positive i mean onwards is one of his favorite expressions i think he's very positive has he changed changed what his attitude
1: to what to the way he runs the government we're told that he sent out messages saying that i remember the quote him saying in the comments i've got it i get this about things that have been done wrong. And the implication was that he was gonna do business slightly differently. Indeed, he sent a letter to backbench MPs saying there's gonna be more interaction. So my question is a pretty fundamental one, which is the impression we're supposed to take now that Boris Johnson admits that things should have been done differently. And I think that's his words, and I'm not trying to change any meanings around that. The implication of that is somehow a different Boris Johnson is
2: emerging. Is he exactly the same in your book? So your question was actually very open-ended and non-specific. But what I would say is that the Prime Minister, when he appeared before the 22 Committee last week, promised change. And I think uh, I think anybody who picks up a newspaper or reads a newspaper, receives a television news bulletin, can see that a huge amount of change is underway at present, particularly in Number 10. MPs want... <laughs>
0: It was actually funnier. That's like the 50th time I've watched it. And it's still funny. It's just chef's kisses. As I've said, a bit hammy. I think I think satire needs some subtlety to it, which that is lacking. I don't think anyone can accuse. accuse that of, of. Um... <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I'm actually just, I just need to compose myself. Oh, my word. She's the culture secretary. She's a cabinet minister. But like she actually has a lot of power, I mean, including over the BBC. She's in charge of the that whole sector, culture, media and sport. Oh, I just don't even... I've been on TV a lot with Nadine Norris. I actually get on well with her personally, but I'm often too nice for my own good despite the way I'm sometimes portrayed I just I mean can't, just every interview they keep sending her out I't I mean if they focus grouped it is it maybe it's going down well maybe I'm completely out of touch maybe there are people out there who who watch that and think do you know what? I thought Boris Johnson was a lying snake who has systematically broken the law whilst we were forced to abide by the laws that he was in charge of drawing up and enforcing and communicating. We couldn't hold hands with our dying relatives. We watched them buried on Zoom. We couldn't see our loved ones. Eight million of us live alone and had often crippling moments of loneliness. There were homeless people being charged into lockdown measures. There were children being fined illegally for breaking those lockdown measures. They were park benches being taped up so people couldn't sit on them. There were children's playgrounds which were cordoned off so kids couldn't use them. There were people sitting down, having a beer in parks and being told to move by the police, whilst Boris Johnson and his cabal were getting absolutely battered in the Hacienda on Thames. That was number 10. But do you know what? I've just seen Nadine Doris on national television, pointing the other side of the story, and I take it all back hes They've done nothing wrong. Why would the media leave them alone? I just don't, I mean, just the times we live in, because we've gone through so much over the last few years, and I think we've become slightly numb. Like, do you remember with Donald Trump? At first, the idea that Donald Trump was president was like, what, uh, just like we've entered some sort of completely unhinged universe. Uh, you know, and, and the first times he started tweeting, just you know, you just were like I literally cannot believe this happened. They just washed over you, just washed over you, because it became so normalised. And I think sometimes that's the danger with this particular administration, this, par- this parody. I mean, just this surreal farce, which is technically called Her Majesty's Government, is you just it just occasionally you just forget how ludicrous things are. It was Lewis Goodall, the BBC, who tried to put it all in context, which was, you know, there's no just thinking about what's actually happening at the moment, where you've got the the the, the director of uh, policy at Number Ten resigning because supposedly, you know, Merza, uh resigning because Boris Johnson used cases of child sex abuse, Jimmy Savile, to score political points falsely, as it turned out, um, against Keir Starmer. I say supposedly because Muneira Mirza has worked for Boris Johnson for 14 years. And the idea, is she suddenly all of a sudden went, oh, do you know what? I thought Boris Johnson was this top, totally other level guy. I just so out of character that he would just lie uh, for political gain. So I, I that's enough for me. I'm out of here. You know, she, you know, Boris Johnson, the man who, caused a spike in anti-Muslim hate crimes when he called Muslim women bank robbers and letterboxes and uh, described picaninnies with watermelon smiles and talked about gay people as tank-top bum boys. Oh, I cannot believe he has behaved like this. I'm out. But, you know, his staff all resigning, his former chief advisor literally on a obsessive mission to destroy him. The guy who actually put him there as prime minister All by the while, while he's being investigated by the police, supposedly, because the Metropolitan Police decided not to do anything for several weeks, before all of a sudden, at the exact moment where they completely jeopardised and gutted a report into the multiple parties that took place, um, all of a sudden. But nonetheless, he is being investigated by the police, and there is an official inquiry going on. I mean, it's just so ludicrous. And obviously, we should be angry about the fact that what's undoing this guy is the fact him and his... Close advisors were getting absolutely smashed in number 10, while people were often going through the loneliest experiences um, of their lives during a deadly pandemic, which killed 150,000 people. And that's what we should be angry about. The fact tens of thousands of avoidable deaths isn't what's taking this guy down. About the corruption involving PPE contracts, for example. Like, there were so many bigger reasons, actually, as angry as we should be about the fact that it's one rule for those at the top and one rule for everybody else. But honestly, it, 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 it just. It, it, it's so, just so many details, which makes it hard to compete.
1: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, if Only in Theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
0: and this is a really important last point, and I wrote about this in The Guardian, it's really important, however ludicrous this all is, and watching that interview, it's just, I mean, you got to laugh um, otherwise, uh, is that he shouldn't be seen as an aberration, you know, because that's what's going to happen now. All these people he put in there, all these people, Theresa May, because Theresa May, oh, Theresa May got up and she, yes, Queen, when she said Boris Johnson, um, you know, either he didn't understand the rules uh, or didn't think the rules applied to him. It was like, wow, what a burn from Theresa May. Theresa May, also a lying politician who uh, lied uh, about migrants to build her political career, including once claiming that a... Uh, a, a, a um, uh, a my an illegal immigrant couldn't be deported because he had a cat. Not true. Uh, that's how she became prime minister by that kind of uh, vitriolic rhetoric about often completely voiceless people. And then she made Boris Johnson foreign secretary. She made him Britain's face to the world. She helped build up his political career. And now she's like, oh God, Boris Johnson, look how terrible he is. Oh, I never saw that one coming. All these people, these pundits, these MPs who made him prime minister, knowing he's a liar, knowing he's cl- completely unfit, you know, for, for, for office, that you wouldn't trust him to, you know, I certainly would not trust him to look after my cats. Uh, you know, just just a, a, a completely, on his own terms, ludicrously unfit person for any form of office whatsoever, who's always fallen upwards, someone sacked twice for lying. And now all of a sudden, they're like, oh my word, Boris Johnson, he's so terrible. Who could have ever seen that coming? And, you know, going back to 2019, there was a choice. And whatever people think about Jeremy Corbyn and the disagreements or whatever, and he did get things wrong, about things he got wrong. But honestly, look at what you have inflicted. Look at what you you, all these people trying to wash their hands, they made this happen. And this guy sums up the British establishment. He sums up a British establishment that lies and cheats and thinks rules apply to other people. This is a, a, the same British establishment which had politicians milking the expenses system as they pontificated about benefit cheats who need to be locked up. and they, Because they thought state money, you see, they thought they deserved it. Oh, we're politicians, we're not being paid enough, so we'll just take some extra. And, you know, some of them went to prison, not very many, most of them got some embarrassing headlines and then carried on with their political careers. You know, it's the same with tax avoidance, 23 times more likely, I think, was it 12 12 or, anyway, a lot, many more times likely to be prosecuted for benefit fraud than tax fraud, even though tax fraud causes a much bigger loss of money to the state than benefit fraud. You know, about, because again, it's this idea that the state exists to crack down on people who are powerless rather than the powerful, who don't think the rules apply to them. It's the same, you know, in America, they locked up quite a lot of bankers. Not so here. Those bankers who plunged the country into calamity, very few consequences. Many of them, record, you know, huge bonuses, making more money than ever. Nothing has happened to them. This is, a, you know, the Metropolitan Police, there we go again. You know, they think they can get away with anything because they have. We did a whole show on it last week. Professor Dick, who oversaw the operation, it was John Charles Menenez was shot repeatedly in the head. Innocent man. Where the police lied about him over and over again. Like they lied about Ian Tomlinson, who died after being battened by a police officer at a G20 demonstration. And then the police just fed a load of lies saying, Oh, we tried he died, he had a heart attack and we tried to save him, but protesters pelted him, pelted us with bricks and sticks to stop us. Lies. These are powerful people. You know, it's to say, again, you know, they, that the war on drugs, politicians take drugs, and they've all admitted to it. No consequences for them. Poor black kids. Life-changing convictions. You know, what Boris Johnson has done isn't actually that exceptional. It's completely consistent with how the British establishment operate in this country. This is how they operate. They just don't think rules apply to them. They think they apply to the little guys. They think the state should crack down hard. On the misdemeanors of the poor, but they think that the establishment should just stuff its pockets full of public money, willy nilly. Because of course, whether it be benefit, whether it be the expenses scandal or whether it be the banks were bailed out by public money with nothing expected in return after causing ruin from which we are still suffering the consequences of to this very day. So when Boris Johnson designed those rules, looked down the Babylon camera, told the public solemnly to abide by those rules for the good of the nation whilst actually in practice going, well, I'm not going to abide by them. (laughs) You're joking. On my birthday, I'm going to go and get pissed. Um, Well, they all partied, you know, I mean, you know, people say, but on the eve of the GK Vendor's funeral. But, you know, I'm more angry about the fact that you had NHS staff who were working all the time uh, in hugely pressurized circumstances. What, were they having little gatherings for people's birthdays, getting pissed? No, they were not. They were overwhelmed because the Tories have deprived them of resources, underpaid them, imposed on nurses real terms pay cuts even after the pandemic, and then locked down too slowly and all the rest of it. So they were overwhelmed. They weren't partying, but the people in Number Ten were because they don't think the rules apply to them because they're powerful people. You see, powerful people. They don't. Know. They don't have rules. That's the rules exist for everybody else apart from the powerful.